You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Day by day, we are being molded to be more like Jesus. Discover how God makes us more like Him in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We are finishing our series on Set Apart. This is actually a series on holiness. And I believe that it is God's will for His people to live holy lives. How many of you know that you are called to be holy? Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, you are holy. Okay, holy as in banal. Okay, hindi holy as in butas. Okay, not holy, H-O-L-E-Y. You know, I believe that God really, you know, when we got saved, we were redeemed by the Lord. You know, our lives were set apart for His purpose. And for the past uh, three weeks, this is a four, our fourth week, we're ending our series this afternoon. You know, we, we understand that, you know, this life here on earth is really a journey. Yes, we have been justified. Yes, we have been saved. But our life here is really a progression. Or, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a journey and we are actually being sanctified by the Lord every single day. You know, just to be able to uh, just give uh, illustration to my topic this afternoon. You know, I, I happened to hear about this story of these three stone cutters. Uh, and their job is to cut stones. Siyempre, stone cutter, okay? <laughs> and one guy was walking along the road and they saw them cutting stones and this guy asked him what are you doing the first guy said well you know i'm cutting stones for the i don't know for the for my whole life you know it's a miserable life for me this is the only thing i know what to do and you know it's it's just bad you know my life is bad the only thing that i know what to do, how, how to do is to cut stones and so the second guy beside him said that you know at least i have a job and, you know, this is the only thing I know what to do, but somehow, you know, I'm thankful that I have something to bring on the table at the end of the day for my family. And so the third guy said, you know, I'm actually cutting stone, but I know that I'm doing this for a purpose that is bigger than my life. Because what I'm doing right now is I am building a cathedral, and these stones will actually be brought to the construction of the biggest cathedral in that city. You know, three men... They're doing the same things, but they have different perspectives in life. What about us? What is your perspective for the future? And this message basically is all about the future. You know, many people are anxious about the future. Some people are really scared and fearful about the future. They don't even want to look at, you know, or plan for the future because they say that the future is just so dark for me. There's no hope for the future. But how many of you know, as Christians and as believers, we have a bright future in the Lord. Amen. Amen. We have a bright future in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about perspective. Everybody say perspective. perspective. What are you looking at? You know, what are you focusing your life on? You know, if you're driving a car, there are two mirrors or there are two glasses that you can actually look at. First glass is the rearview mirror. And the, the second glass is actually the windshield, the one in front of the car. But how many of you know that if you drive forward and if you keep on looking at the rearview mirror, you're going to have an accident? Have you tried doing that? Okay, and then you keep on looking at the rearview mirror. 
Many people always look at the past. They look at the behind. No, not that they're behind, but the past. <laughs> they may have a bad past. They may have big mistakes, bad marriage. You know, they were probably raised up wrong by, you know, harsh parents or maybe past sins or failures in the past. And they can't just overcome that. But I believe that God wants us to go and look beyond the past and go for the future because I believe that no matter what we are going through right here, right now on this earth, there is a big hope for us in the future. Amen. And that is exactly what we're talking about today. We've talked about the holiness of God, holiness of God in the first meeting. We talked about justification. Last week we talked about sanctification. Today we're going to be talking about glorification. Everybody say glorification. Maybe some of you don't even know what that means. You have an idea what glorify means. And so I want to invite everyone to stand with me. We're going to read from God's Word. If you have a Bible, please open it to the book of Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. We'll be reading from verse 18 to 25. Allow me to read from my $5 Bible this afternoon. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 18. <clears throat> For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Everybody say in hope. hope. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know, everybody say we know, <clears throat> that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For, he, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you so much for our time this afternoon. We ask that you would anoint the preaching of your word. We thank you, Lord God, that indeed you have called us as people of God, your church, your children, to live holy lives while we are waiting for you. We thank you for the blessed hope that we have that one day when Jesus, our Savior, finally appears, we will be exactly like him. And our, our bodies will be changed, not anymore from glory to glory, but changed to perfection. It's going to be a spiritual body. We thank you, Lord God, for this time. Bless your people, Lord. Open up our hearts to hear from your spirit this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may all be seated. Just to give us some quick recap, first week we talked about the holy God that we serve. Holy means set apart. Holiness is God's attribute. We know God to be a God of love. He's a God of mercy. In fact, you know, we know that He is kind of like a lamb, compassionate. He's meek and mild and merciful. But at the same time, He is a lion. He is strong. 
He's sovereign. He's got authority. He's got rulership over the nations. And yet, we see that when you talk about holiness, holiness really is looking at God as a lion of the tribe of Judah, but at the same time, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's mad about sin, but yet he's made provision for sins. And that's the God we serve. In fact, uh, John, when he was you know, writing the book of Revelation, he had a vision. When he saw God, he actually fell face down. He was fearful at the presence and at the sight of God because of his holiness. But yet we look at, fast forward it in Revelation chapter 22, he was the one declaring, come Lord Jesus. Because of his holiness, he was so attracted to that. My question is, are we attracted to holiness? Do we even think about it every day? You know, do you actually wake up in the morning and say to yourself in front of the mirror, today, you're going to be a holy person. Do you ever do that? Umamin. I don't know if any one of us does that. Or consciously, if we really can actually live holy lives. But whether you declare it or not, that is the outcome of our lives. You know, we started by saying, you know, the, the, the following week, we talked about justification. Justification means justified, never sin. The finished work of Christ on the cross is more than enough to cover the sin, not only of your sin, your family, but the sin of the entire human race, the sin of mankind. We sang earlier the statement, it is finished. And that is a transactional statement. It's like a marketplace statement. It's like going to the grocery store and you know, buying some you know, goods and paying for the bill. Because you got something. How many, how many of you know that you have to pay for those, right? Because if you get and if you don't pay, what do you call that? It's called stealing, right? And that's kind of like what we did. We are in debt because of the crime we've committed. And Jesus went to the cross, paid for it 100%. The debt is paid. It is not paid installment. It's paid in full. It is finished. That's why you can actually go before the Lord and say, it is not because of your righteousness that you can come before Him. It is an imputed righteousness given to us by Jesus. I mean, if you know that, we don't deserve the grace of God. But yet we have it. That is why it is called grace. Amen? You get something that you don't deserve. How many of you are, no, are, how many of you are grateful for the grace of God? Yes. You know, it is an amazing grace, an amazing element that we have before the Lord. Uh, last week we talked about sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. How many of you know that hindi pa sa atin tapos si Lord? Tataposin din tayo ni Lord, di ba? God's not done with that yet, us yet. We are work in progress. You know, it's actually a continuation or a continuing work between the Holy Spirit and us. We are cooperating with the work of the Holy Spirit. And as we submit to the will of God, we are being made holy and we are being sanctified. You know, a good picture that we can actually have on sanctification is a, a potter, you know, molding a clay into a pot. I'm not sure if you've seen a potter make a clay, but you know, if it's a motorized, you know, uh, clay maker, you know, this this piece of clay actually goes around and his hand is, you know, he puts pressure on the clay 
so that He can actually shape it the way He wants it. How many of you know sometimes that we are being pressured by God because He is shaping us and molding us and you know, you know, uh, uh, making us into the kind of pot that He wants us to have. In fact, if you will read in Isaiah chapter 45, it says there, Can a clay say to the potter, Why did you make me like this? But we are to submit ourselves to the potter. We have to be, we have to be pliable before the hands of the master. You know, sometimes, you know, God breaks the pot in order for us to be able to be made into a more beautiful pot. Some pots are actually made for common purposes. Other pots are made into noble purposes. And how many of you know that if you are called to be a noble pot, many times you go through the heat a lot more times than the common pot. If God wants to use us for noble purposes, we go through the fire more than the others. And how many of you have experienced the fire of God? It's not fun, right? It's so hot, right? You know, I'm, I'm standing here before you and I've been through the fire myself and yet we don't smell like smoke. Yes. If you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three Hebrew boys was thrown by King Nebuchadnezzar into the fiery furnace and yet there was a fourth man there. They went through the fire and yet they did not even burn any hair on their head. We may go through the fires of life but God is there to preserve us every step of the way. Amen. Amen. That is the, come on, give the Lord praise for that. All we have to do is to submit to His will. So just to give us a complete picture of what we're going through, when you talk about justification, what does that mean? And sanctification, and then today glorification. In justification, we have been saved. Saved from what? Saved from the penalty of sins. <clears throat> Our spirit has been saved. We are made whole. We are made new. We are a tripartite being, right? Spirit, soul, and body. Justification is a position. Everybody say position. It's a position. It's a positional statement that we have with the Lord. It's, a, you know, it's something that you have because of what Jesus Christ achieved for you. You're saved. In your spirit. And yet, we still go through life, going through some temptations, and we call that sanctification. Sanctification is being saved from what? From the power of sin. Our souls, our mind, our will, our emotions. Last week we talked about that. It is being renewed day by day, right? You know, we, we know that. There's a struggle many times, but yet, what we're saying is, Lord... Not my will, but your will. And we're walking in progress. We are progressing in the Lord. I hope that you are a better Christian today than you were last year. Look at the person beside you. And ask that person, Totoo ba yon? Because there ought to be progress. Our progress should be moving forward and not backward. We should not be backsliding. We should do, what do you call it? I don't know. Forward sliding. <laughs> and today we're focusing on glorification. Glorification is actually, you know, saying we will be saved from the presence of sin. Because as long as you're in this body, 
This is called the flesh. This is a mortal body. This is prone to sin. Our body wants, our body is prone to decay. How many of you realize that? Our body wants to sleep more in the morning, especially on a Sunday. I'm not saying that the reason why you're here in the afternoon is because you sleep longer, but, you know, our, our, you know thank you for being here because it will be so full in the morning. But yet our body, many times you want the easy way out. Our body likes the things that are forbidden. The chonkawale. Sisig. Longanisalukban. And so on and so forth. And yet the promise of God in glorification is that we will have an imperishable body. Can you imagine what kind of body that is? I can't imagine. You know, you can actually eat anything you want and not be fat. I don't know if that's theological, but... How many of you know that in heaven we'll still be eating because there's going to be a feast between the church and the Lamb? There's going to be a great feast in heaven. I still believe that we're going to be eating in heaven. I'm not sure what we will eat though. But can you imagine eating the best food that heaven can offer and not be sick and not have high blood pressure? And not have arthritis, uric acid, and so on and so forth. We probably have a higher metabolism, high metabolic rate in heaven with that spiritual imperishable body that you have. It's going to be a different body. It's, gonna be, it's not going to be made of flesh, by the way. It's going to be the same body that Jesus had when he was raised from the dead, he can actually walk through walls. Can you imagine that? He was in the, up, the apostles were in the, upper, were in the upper room and he just appeared and the doors were locked, the windows were locked, and he just appeared there. He walked through the walls. Can you imagine? Some of you are thinking, wow, if I can walk through walls, I can go to a bank. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you have a spiritual body. Come on now. If I can go through walls, I can actually go to my neighbor's house, you know, and whatever, right? But no, we have, you know, we have a, sm a much better body. We're going to talk more about this later on. But when you talk about glorification, many times the unbelievers can, will think about the end of days. They're looking at glorification, you know, second coming of Jesus. You know, when He appears, we're going to be raised up from the dead. And that's going to be like the end of day. So what they're thinking actually is Armageddon, you know. They're thinking, you know, a comet striking the earth. They're thinking of 2012, you know, a, a you know, flash flood, you know, covering the entire planet, you know. Yes, that's in the movies. But what does it mean for us as believers when you talk about glorification, the second coming. It's not just about eschatology. This is really the promise of Jesus for us. This is the hope that we have, that we are being made holy. You know, not only in our spirit, but in our soul, and even in our bodies. The Bible says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Your holy body will be able to stand in the presence of a holy God. 
That's what it is. Right now, if I stand before a holy God, I'm dead. You look at the scriptures. You know, one guy named Uza, he was actually helping bring the ark back to Jerusalem. You know, he just touched the ark because the oxen actually tripped. And he was doing a very good thing. I want to help the Lord. How many of you think you, can you cannot help the Lord? He touched the ark. Boom, he died right on the spot. Because of the holiness of God. We cannot stand before a holy God. But with our glorified bodies in the future, that is possible. So how does glorification affect us today? Have you ever thought about that? Eh, no, ngayon. Glorification, future pa naman yun eh. Enjoy muna ako ngayon. Actually, it does affect us today. The way you view the future. As I started this you know, sermon, perspective. How will you view the future in the, view, in the light of glorification? Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I believe that all of us, if I ask a raise of hands, all of us have gone through some tough times, right? You've probably gone through some trials, some tribulations, some sufferings, you know, but whatever we have gone through as people of God, it's nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing or not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. We will have an eternal perspective. If you're waiting for your bodies to be glorified in the future, you know that God called us to be holy. You will have a better perspective in life. You will not focus on the here and the now. You will not focus on the temporary things of this life. You will focus on the things that your eyes do not see. And that is eternity. Aristides, a historian, said this, If any righteous man among the Christians passes from, its world, from this world, they rejoice and offer thanks to God. And they escort his body with songs and thanksgiving as if he were setting out from the one place to another. I mean, that is the perspective that we have. To be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. To live is Christ. To die is what? Gain. To die is gain. Why will we say to die is gain? If we don't have an eternal perspective. How many of you are excited to die? No one, right? <laughs> Maybe the Apostle Paul said that. To live is Christ, but to die is even better. I mean, can we, actually, can we actually say that to die is better? I guess if you know what's waiting for you there, it is always sweet to transfer from this place that is temporary to a place that is eternal. Eternal perspective. Charles Spurgeon said this, To come to thee is to come home from exile. To come to land out of a raging storm to come to rest after long labor to come to the goal of my desires and the summit of my wishes i mean that is what he desires to go in the presence of god i mean what i'm sure all of us have how many of you have a wish 
Diba? Some of our wishes, you know, I wish I have a new iPhone 6, you know, or I wish I have a new car, or I wish I have a new home, or I wish I would be married already, you know, I've been waiting and 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 waiting. Many of us actually had great convictions when we started. You know, as a young teenage woman, you know, Lord, give me a guy who's holy, who's a believer, who's a worshiper, who's a man of God, who loves you, and who's responsible in her 20s. In her 30s, Lord, give me a man who's responsible and who respects you and will respect me. In your 40s, Lord, just give me a man. Nawala ng standard. And Lord, just fill in the blanks. You know? <laughs> Binigay kay Lord natin. But what do we see? What is our wish? Charles Spurgeon's wish. The wish of his wishes. The summit of his wish is to be in the presence of God. Eternal perspective. Romans 8.23 says this, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Now, how many of you are mothers here? Can you please raise your hand? I want to honor you. Can we just give these mothers a hand? I mean, the reason why I want to honor you is because of what you've gone through. In giving birth to children. I cannot relate to the process of childbirth, though I look pregnant right now. But I will never bear a child. And for those of you who've been through the normal process of delivery, that's tough. That's painful, right? And after that, you have five more. <laughs> but yet, when you, you know, after giving birth to that first child, do you remember that when you held that baby, that cute little one who looks like your husband? <laughs> I mean, it's worth every ire, every pain. I'm cute, cute more. Right? You know, the pain, it's worth it. And that's exactly the analogy that we're waiting for in the future. In the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. This bodies. This body that we have, I only have one body, by the way. This body will be redeemed. How many of you know that, that is good news? You'll no longer feel pain. You'll no longer be sick. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you not look for Alaksan or Ben Gay. It'll be a better body. First Corinthians 15 says, So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The Apostle Paul talks about the resurrection. The body that is sown imperishable, it is raised imperishable. 
It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a what? A spiritual body. You cannot imagine what this new body will look like. This is glorification at its finest. You know, all of us will die one day, right? Don't worry, I did not put my day of death, okay? <laughs> but all of us will end up in a tombstone or in a tomb like this. We'll all have our own tombstone. That's my birthday, yes. I was born 1968, but I sang 80s song, okay? <laughs> and we all will be in this position. Because our bodies are mere mortal bodies. We grow old, some of us will get sick, and we will die. Perishable no more, the glorification, actually we will become imperishable. That is the beauty of glorification, from perishable to what? Imperishable. What does imperishable mean? It will not decay. How many of you sometimes go to the grocery and you buy vegetables after a few days? The fresh vegetables in your ref becomes not so fresh. It'll perish. Our bodies will no longer perish because of the glorification that we will have because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It is sown in dishonor, but yet we will be raised up glorious. You know what? As a pastor, I've been through a lot of funerals, done some myself. Not my own, okay? I mean, other people. <laughs> but, you know, I, I look at all the people who are dead, and the families normally would like to honor their dead. They would put on them the best clothes. They would put on them sometimes coat and tie, sometimes the most expensive barongs. They will actually put them lying there because they want to honor the dead. If you die as a military man, they're going to even put a, a flag on your coffin because they want to bring you honor. But guess what? At the end of the day, dying brings dishonor. You know why? Because you're going to be put down on the grave, six feet under the ground, and they're going to throw dirt on you. No matter how new you know, or Armani exchange suit are you, you're wearing, guess what? They're going to throw dirt on you. Goodbye. <laughs> and that's it. We desire honor, but guess what? We can never achieve honor with this body. But the new glorified body, the spiritual body will be glorious. Amen. It will be imperishable. It will be glorious. Our body right now is weak. We have all these aches and pains. I don't know what your threshold for pain is. Some of you can actually, you know, just go through pain without even feeling it. You know, you are cutting, you know, maybe in a kitchen and you accidentally cut your finger. Oops! There it goes. And then you don't feel it. But for some, you know, you're probably, you know, you know, pounding a nail and then you accidentally hit your thumb. Bang! Oh! You know, sometimes... Whatever pain that is in the thumb, you feel like it's the whole body. Feel, how many of you can relate with me? I don't have a high threshold for pain. You know, you want to go to the emergency, emergency. Give me a general anesthesia, you know. Give me all the morphine you can give me. 
We want anti-pain medicine. It's because it's weak. But guess what? Eventually, it's going to be a strong, powerful body. Eternal perspective. My last point is, we will have hope. What does glorification mean for us today? It's all about hope. Everybody say hope. hope. How many of you have hope? You know, and I believe that sometimes the world will say, yeah, I have hope. And what does hope mean for the world? You know, hope is, you know, how I wish, you know, I wish or I desire. Is that real hope? You know, that's kind of like, you know, I don't know, just dreaming if it will come true. But the real hope that Christianity brings is an assurance from the promise of the Word of God. When God says that He will come back for us, when Jesus said, I will come back for you, how many of you know He's coming back one day? And when He promises that we're going to have a glorified body, a spiritual body, an imperishable body, we will have that as well. It's the hope that we have. That's why, you know what? I believe that many times, though we go through pain in life, it is but normal. But yet we wait in blessed hope because of the assurance that we are waiting for as believers to be adopted as sons of God and to have redemption for our bodies. What does it mean to have hope? No more pain. Romans 8.18 For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. What else? Revelation chapter 21 verse 4 says He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Better than Johnson's shampoo. No more tears. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. John 16, 33, and this is the comfort that we have. I have told you this thing so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. How many of you have had trouble in your life in the past? Please raise your hand. How many of you have had trouble? If you're not raising up your hand, don't worry. It will come, okay? <laughs> but take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Amen. He has overcome the world. And that is the hope that we have. You know, when you talk about pain, sometimes pain can be indescribable. On our way back, and we were riding the plane back to Manila, me and my wife were just sitting and in the plane was shown a movie. I'm not sure if you watched this movie, but this movie is entitled The, For the Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> Never seen that movie before in my life. I was actually sleeping when my wife was watching it. And I was just glancing at her and she was crying. <laughs> and I say, why? It's a nice movie. <laughs> well, if you haven't watched that movie, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do a spoiler this afternoon. No, not the whole movie. But, you know, one of the... There is a story of two teenagers. Both of them were sick. The girl has cancer. The teenager guy, the teenage guy also has cancer. Actually, he was a cancer survivor. But 
there was a time in the movie that they actually met in church and they actually developed, you know, some, you know, mutual admiration and eventually love for each other. They knew their time on earth is going to be limited because of the sickness that is growing inside their bodies. And there was even a scene in the movie wherein the girl, you know, her name is Hazel, and she was... He said, I'm going to share my eulogy to you while you are still alive. Because what's the point of eulogy if you can't hear what I'm saying because you're dead already? So she said her eulogy to the guy. And after a few weeks, because of this guy's body, you know, the, the cancer went back again. And, you know, he actually passed away ahead of her. And she said this, every time the nurse would check on her when she was growing up, and the nurse would ask, can you rate the pain level from a 1 to 10? She would always not give a 10, even though at one time she said, you know, I've gone through this particular operation, and I went through this, I can't breathe, the pain was so excruciating, and, I, and the nurse asked me, what's the pain level right now? And she actually said, it's a nine. And the nurse said, you are a strong woman because you actually graded a ten, a nine. And she said, I'm not really sure if I'm a strong woman because I know for a fact that one day maybe there is a ten that is even more painful than the pain I am experiencing right now in my sickness. And when this guy died ahead of her, she said, this is my 10. She said, the pain is so real. But that's the movie. Let's go to real life. I want to share to you what it feels to have real pain as well. Many of you heard about my son who died 10 years ago. His name is Jerome. He was 8 years old, a normal boy. He was fun-loving. He was a regular boy, not sickly, growing up. He loved sports. He played baseball. He played tennis. We homeschooled both Bea and Jerome when they were growing up. Until one day, October of 2003, he got a low-grade fever. The fever would not go away. And that was the time when we were building this facility in Festival Mall. While we're building this facility, we were also in Asian Hospital for two months. I was shuttling back and forth the work here and overseeing my son. It took two months for that sickness to claim my son's life. And instead of the condition of my boy getting better, it actually grew worse. We were not ready really, but sometimes I said, thank God Naren, because at least we were given two months and not just instantaneous death for my, for my child. But I remember this, when we were sitting in the ICU on the final hour of my boy, when he finally breathed his last, I actually gave a shout before the Lord. Not a shout of praise. But I said, God, 
ang sakit nito ha. And I said it in Tagalog. Love sobrang sakit. And the pain I felt at that time is indescribable. Yes, it is emotional as a father is looking at his son die. Emotion, yes, but I can feel this emotional pain to be like a physical pain because what I was feeling was my heart being ripped apart and being ripped out of my chest from my body. That was the, the description of my pain that I was feeling at that time. And I had questions before the Lord and yet we went back together, me and my wife, and we just said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we said, instead of us getting bitter, we're going to get better. We buried our boy January two nineteen uh, 2004. We were in the memorial park during New Year's Eve and the whole world is celebrating and reveling. We were grieving and crying because of my son's death. We took a short vacation in Singapore and the pastors there were my friends Singapore and Kuala Lumpur they asked me to share my experience and I ministered in the midst of my pain I was sharing my testimony one evening when we were having dinner I received a phone call from the United States it was our senior prophet of every nation Pastor Jim Lafoon. he ministered in this church several times but at that time, he called me and he said, Ariel, I was meaning to tell you this. We prayed for your son. The Every Nation Church has agreed with you. But as you were believing for healing, God showed me a vision while your son was in the ICU. And this was the vision that he had, that he withheld until we buried my son. And this was the vision. He said, I was awakened by the Lord. And God brought me to the gates of heaven. And as I was looking at the walls of heaven, I actually saw in the middle of a garden, the father playing with some children. He held your son Jerome. And he put your son Jerome on his lap. And he said this, This boy belongs here. I knew for a fact that your son will never make it. But he is in a better place. That is the hope that we have. If you're gonna ask me today, may tampo ba okay, Lord? Nagkaroon ako ng tampo before, yes. But I believe that my love for Jerome is nothing compared to his love for my son. Amen. He loved him dearly that he didn't want him to suffer anymore. Now I believe that Jerome is no longer sick. He's got no more fever, no more TB meningitis. He's got a better body. He's got a healed body. He's got a perfect, spiritual, imperishable body. And that is the hope that we have. What is the hope for a believer? Exactly what Jesus has promised. In my Father's house are many rooms, and I am preparing a place for you. 
So when you finally go there, you're going to have a place to live. I believe heaven is going to be a beautiful place for us. Amen. And that is the hope that we have as believers. Really, when you talk about the goal of glorification, the ultimate goal of glorification is to be like Christ. That is it. To be Christ-like in this life. What will it take for us to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ? Remember the potter. He will actually do his thing to mold you and shape you so that you can actually be like the son that he loves. Sometimes it's painful, but yet this current pain is nothing compared to the future glory that is set before us. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, this is my final verse. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject all things to Himself. Amen. Can we just give the Lord praise this evening? We hope you were inspired by that message. Don't forget to get your copy of Victory Worship's first live album entitled Radical Love on iTunes and CD format. For more updates, join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And download the Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.